Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Uh, speaks to what we were talking about with the traditions. And it's hard right, to just stop saying it, too, because even if, because even, as soon as it comes mm-hmm. up, you may not celebrate Thanksgiving, but you're like, hey, Frank, what you going to do for Thanksgiving? Right. right. And the first right. thing that happens is you're like, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, I understand that. So, or like, what are you doing with your family During for a family time, day? Right. So it's like, it kind of <laughs> yeah, makes it yeah. weird. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, it does. So it just makes it weird. Are we, how, how we sound? All right, let me get a check from Joe real fast. Yeah. Check, check, check. Sounds good. Ooh, yeah. What's yours? Teasy? Oh, I'm good. I know. I'm here from last time. Oh, I'm good. She's ready. This motherfucker has an attitude. (laughs) All right, we ready whenever you are. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The Reality Is. Boy, you back. (laughs) (laughs) It feels good, too. That's where I went wrong in the relationship, too. Suck his dick, don't pacify him. Well, okay, I got that, too. But... I was not supposed to be on the mic. I don't like to say people when I mean white people. Acknowledge the shit that black people have went through. Excuse my voice, y'all. I've been drinking. <laughs> this is Big Mama's, uh, oh God. One cheek. Nigga, we can't watch this. <laughs> Yo, man. So I'm excited. This is the second part of episode 265. No, this is episode 266. That's what you're here for. That is what you're here for. We got the homie Frank. Yes, sir. Quad podcast in the building. Got the homie Joe. That's right. After the Encore podcast in the building. Mm -hmm. Got the homie Artesia. The reality is podcast in the motherfucking building. Got the homie Spider. (laughs) MZ Studios in the motherfucking building. MZ Now podcast. Yes, that is. Represented right. It's Saturday, 3 o'clock in Texas. Feels amazing. Yes, beautiful Beautiful weather. Beautiful day. There's nothing better than cold weather (laughs) with the sunshine. Right. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? In a world that is driven by racism right now, we're sitting in a room with three black people and two white people and it's still family. It's, it's all family. family. It's still family. I was about to say four black yeah. people. I really think Spider is black. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. You saw my lip yeah. go four because I'm like, I don't <laughs> consider this motherfucker white. So I'm just light skinned. Yeah. I brought all you guys in today and first of all, thank you for coming from your you know what's the, what the pa- preachers be saying? Your perspective destination. Right. <laughs> respected. 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 Hey, that's why I was asking you. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. <laughs> so you came from your uh, respective respective destinations, and now you're here. That's right. But I wanted to have a great conversation. This is uh, the last episode before we go into our mid-season finale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me and Artezi are tired of shit. Mm-hmm. So we <laughs> take, work. So. Yeah. So we want to take a break. We're going to take a break. We'll still be doing some things, but I wanted to bring you guys in because. Um, specifically, you have great voices and then you have great voices in podcasting and you have great voices in podcasting to actually talk about things that need to be discussed. You are very well spoken. Oh. You're able to expound on them. I normally don't give Frank as many. But listen, though, it's, it's, it's for the people in here. So this nigga's not getting all the compliments. So some of these are going to Joe, going to Spider, and you. But I did want to bring you guys in to have a great podcast before we get up out of here. And then a lot of times we try to interview other people and 
me and Artiz have gotten to the point where we're like, why bring in people to interview when we got y'all? Right. Like we yeah. literally have built a team. What we build a team for, we're not going to use people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So right. today we're going to talk about a lot about diversity. Mm. We're going to talk a little bit about race. It's going to be informative, but fun. Mm-hmm. Me and Artesia have come up with the thought process of diversity and tackling diversity instead of waiting for people to tell us how diversity should look. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to us mm-hmm. and how can it be successful? Because I feel like me and her do well at integrating with different races and different types of people right. because we have no judgment. We don't give a shit about your past or your skin. We do recognize that color or your gender because for white people, right. you should never say I don't see color nah, yep, because then you ever. don't see that person. Take right. notes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Take notes. Yep. So to get it kicked off, man, what do you think, what does diversity mean to you, Frank, when you hear somebody talk about diversity? Well, first of all, thank you for all the compliments. Not a problem, man. <laughs> so I want to make Only sure. Only one was yours. <laughs> You're on time. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> and I wait, I brought You're libations. You're black and on time. Right? And you brought, yes, thank you did. Thank you. Okay. Healthy libations. Uh, so what I would say about it is this. I think my perspective is probably a little different because- Honestly, my my sense of diversity is from an Afrocentric perspective. Yeah. So when I think of, when you say diversity, what I think about is uh, all black and brown people and the diversity within the black and brown perspective. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, I understand that there's definitely another conversation that involves other races um, or, you know, race is a construct. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, the whole perspective. But when I think about it only because. Um, as I was, you know, as we begin our, our our development, everything that we are taught is from the perspective of the European. Yeah. So I had to kind of unlearn that and say, OK, and redefine certain situations and certain things for myself. So my redefinition of diversity is from an Afrocentric perspective. So I think about from the beginning, um, black people and then the diversity within the African-American race. Yeah. Or the just the African period, brown, black and brown people. Yeah. That's diversity for me. What is diversity for you, RTZ, after you? You don't have to, you can swallow the water. All right, well, <laughs> she said go to Joe. Joe, what does diversity mean to you, man? So I feel as if every day I'm still unpacking what diversity means to me, right? So for me, it was, so my growing up, like diversity was taught to me as make sure there's one of, you know, one person of every single race in the room. That's yeah. it. Like, as long as you got that, you got the token of everybody, we're yeah. good. That's divert. You're diverse. Yeah. Coming from a corporate world, coming from a perspective where we're, I think, in the corporate world, we're still trying to understand what that really looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as making sure everybody in the room has a different perspective than you. Yeah. So everybody can contribute from their own background. And then additional, it's as simple as if you're interviewing for a job, I heard this great story the other day about a woman went to interview for this job, this corporation and everybody that, that interviewed her was a white male. Is this indicative of the work cult, workplace culture I'm going into? Yeah. She ultimately took the job and, and it wasn't like that, but she provided that as feedback as, as a woman of color, you're showing me that these are the people who make the decisions, who make the exactly. decisions and exactly. it's their opinion you value more than anybody. Right. Whether you mean to say that or not, that's yeah. what the message is being right. delivered. So you need to have a more diverse interview staff, yeah. a more diverse uh, people that you bring into the room to yeah. get their opinion from. And that can be race, sexual orientation, whatever the case may be, but you need to have different perspectives. They can't all be the same. And I think that's a great story. Mm-hmm. That's why I love having John because it's a different perspective. And the thing about it is the perspective was given 
to four white men by a right. black woman. Exactly. Right. The reason being is because we never see ourselves in the room. Right, right now, Byron Allen is fighting against Congress and Comcast because we he doesn't feel like we get to depict our narrative. Exactly. And that's the issue in America because I told somebody the Always other day issue. who was mm-hmm. talking about Byron Allen, I was like, he's doing a good deed. Riz Alam, who's a Muslim on social media, has a great following. He was saying Byron Allen is married to a white woman. A lot of black people are discrediting his fight mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. We need to learn to shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> because he's fighting for a bigger picture. And love is love. We know that. With the struggle of being chained by the mind, if you want to love somebody else when you've been set free, do so. Mm-hmm. He's fighting a good fight. Right. That narrative is important for diversity right. with him fighting against Comcast. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a white person who doesn't interact with black people mm-hmm. at your job, at your church, on a daily basis, and your kids don't, you don't know black people. No. Mm-hmm. So when you see a movie that shows Africa mm-hmm. is black or shows mm-hmm. slavery or shows us poor or shows us raping or robbing or the news only shows negative that's light, that's all you see. But for us, with white people being in control of this, they get they get to control themselves to show themselves as the dictator, as Whatever a slave owner, as the oppressor, but they have a lot more vivid, beautiful views for us to look at and say, White people aren't that bad. Right. But if mm-hmm. white people don't see us in a different light, they don't get to see that we're not that bad either, mm-hmm. which is why I like shows from last uh, last episode like This Is Us oh, yeah. mm-hmm. to show people like Randall and his wife and his beautiful mm-hmm. kids. One is, you know, turning out to be a lesbian. Like it's important to see us and show us in a different light mm-hmm. because we are not what people or Hollywood deems us to be. Exactly. So are you able to talk about what diversity means to you now? <laughs> I had to drink some water. Okay, but yes, not a problem. I was gonna say beyond color, I think diversity is like how, you know, our our individual perspectives because if you take it within the black race, we're very diverse yeah. within our own race. And then you have different perspectives in other races. So you can't just limit it to like most corporations do. It's like, okay, I have a black person, mm-hmm. I met this quota. Yeah. So we're good. Mm-hmm. But no, it goes beyond that. Way beyond that. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm building a company, um, I would build it off of who does the work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Being honestly, we are building a company. Mm-hmm. And we did start out with saying, let's try to find black people who do this. Let's try mm-hmm. to, like, we tried. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. But it's. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. But it's inevitable that, that you, you need to work with and other. work with yeah, other course. people. And that other person may be a white person not mm-hmm. being funny, like Joe, right. who's very responsive, who's very. Uh, an, he has the initiative and the drive to go find things and bring them back to you. Mm-hmm. He's a hunter and a gatherer. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just like to hunt and they get lost out there mm-hmm. and they bring nothing back right. and they eat yeah, up everything eat. that we gave them. And like your parents used to say, don't we give a dollar, don't spend it all in one place. Yeah. They'll go spend it all, all and we never see place. them again. Yeah. So like it's important to find those people that you can wrap around you and build a village mm-hmm. and build that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think you got, you can only do that with diversity. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I think that, I think that that's what happens with business though is, I think we go into we go into it with a certain mindset of yeah. what we want the thing to look like. Yeah. But then when you start to incorporate other people, you start to see, oh, well, mm-hmm. this actually can expand into something that I didn't think about initially. Mm-hmm. And, and exactly. most of the time that happens when you bring in, um, you know, just for instance, if you bring in a, a white male, yeah. if you bring in a female, if right. you bring yeah. in, you know what I mean? Like these perspectives are are wide ranging and it expands your business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think. Um, we talked about the the reason I came up with the whole diversity thing is when we had the episode with Christian. Oh yeah, and Overton, mm-hmm. and and Christian was like, "Isn't it funny that most diverse um, companies companies their teams are made up of white people mm-hmm. who are right. coming into white companies and black companies and other companies to talk about diversity, <laughs> right. but a lot of them don't, don't even interact with black people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. What exactly. better 
then a lot of I'm gonna say some other things, but I'll say it later because we're working on some things. So I want motherfuckers is right like they've done still our stuff, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's like it's important to have the conversation of diverse diversity and having and it with actual people representation exactly right. like we don't have now unfortunately we're not representing every race of person in no. this room today but right. we are we do have the gender gap covered mm-hmm. and we do have a couple of races in here right. you know what i'm saying like right. you are african 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 he is white <laughs> white african. yep and and spiders undecided, <laughs> but everybody spiders here, other. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but everybody here is different, and, and and they bring a strength in their own way. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I have a big smile on my face because I do feel like I'm smiling on the inside because it's like when you do look back, sometimes you'd be like, damn, everybody is sitting in this room because of something that me and you have been working mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Go on and say it. No, it's real talk. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm at the head of the table. No, no, no. I'm just messing with you. Yeah, I'm gonna say because you know that's not (laughs) how I think at all. Yeah, Yeah. but it's like it's uh, it's fun to be able to do this. And and what I've tried to realize in a year of like I said on my last episode, I've been going through some shit. Mm -hmm. But in those times of going through shit and seeing myself by myself, I look at what I want. Robert's Media Group to be mm-hmm. and I want it to be diverse mm-hmm. and when I look at things I'm like we have a good we have a good ground yeah, yeah. Cool. you know with they're some cool. of the people we have around we have a lot of people who are experienced doing a lot of different things mm-hmm. you know we have Joe that's given us an aspect and an and a opening to other mm-hmm. you know things and other possibilities right. mm-hmm. we're trying to help him with some of the things we do and mm-hmm. we're consistently learning from each other mm-hmm. right. I don't yep. think it's anybody who doesn't like anybody under the umbrella it's a small one at this point but that still plays a major role well, because I mean you're fostering we, yeah. the culture we've cut the right. ones who weren't the best well I was gonna say I don't I don't really like you particularly yeah <laughs> but I got a lot of love for you though you do I, I, look I appreciate you better be glad I can't fire like, I don't like that. <laughs> that's why I'm talking shit right? oh my god but, um, you're right but, though but you wanted we were talking about we wanted to get some topics together and you were telling me about the uh, not my UNT and blackout Oh yeah, I thought it was day. crazy that um I saw that shortly after we decided to do the diversity um segment. But last week they did a blackout day at UNT, and this was it, they the news said that it was in response to a presentation that one of the faculty members gave. Oh, so that's about what it was about. I know the, what about the First Amendment, and she ended up using a racial slur. She said nigga. Yeah, mm. and but the students thought that it was important to point out that it was beyond that. Like yeah. UNT has a history of not giving enough attention to issues yeah. mm. as it relates to black students. So they, the did this, too, <laughs> so they did this. So they did this whole exactly. uh blackout day and then I think yesterday was the day that they actually presented their um demands, so yeah. to speak, mm-hmm. to the powers yeah. that be at UNT. Right. So this is what Man Ortiz have consistently come up with. Racism isn't going anywhere. All no. of this is a thread and fabric of American culture yeah. mm-hmm. and it's not going to change 200 years from now. We'll still be fighting over this mm-hmm. because one thing that you cannot do is change the infrastructure mm-hmm. unless you blow the whole right. thing up or it literally becomes one of those civil wars on TV where you tear it all down and you have to rebuild it again mm-hmm. and that would be the end of the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And whenever it does get rebuilt the people who are building it are going to look totally different than mm-hmm. the, exactly the initially and that's yeah. the only way that no, it would be different if four white men built this country to be what it is to help empower white people which not being funny let's just be honest if black people created this country just like Africa we would do things to empower our fucking people mm-hmm. that's why back in the day it was initially made for everybody in their countries and whatever to build your country so up well up. this world is different now right. mm-hmm. now we have to learn to live amongst each other yeah. we have yet to fucking do that even when Obama was in office like we've said before we had so many black people saying do this and do that right. yeah. to empower black people mm-hmm. pass bills to help black people that would have been great they were just that easy but right. it's not right. that fucking easy and then not being funny that's not the way an American president is supposed to be well not only that but the, it's not structured for him it's to be not right. that. now exactly. but, the, but the, the difference is 
it's destruction it for, is a white for a white person to, to do that. that. Yeah. And you they should, yeah, yeah, but that's the point. And it's like, when do we get somebody in office that literally, or are we not even in office, when do we create a candidacy that's literally about the American culture? Mm. It will never happen. fucking mm-hmm. happen because it's because the the political system. And that's why some fights I don't pick up because yeah. some right. fights you can't win. Mm-hmm. But yeah. a fight I can win is with Joe sitting at this fucking table, mm-hmm. uh, yep. learning and understanding that mm-hmm. people are different, right. taking it home to his family, his family teaching and being raised, not being racist, and you just create it in your circle. Right. Mm-hmm. And you I cannot change it. And I was gonna say, not only that, but even if we just look at the political landscape, I I've I guess in the last few years come to the realization that. We do have more of an impact if we start locally. Yes, the local yeah. exactly. You know yep. what I mean? And, yeah. and shaking yep. hands and going around yeah. and, and meeting these politicians because, you know, I mean, we in Texas, a lot of these politicians end up going. Yes, you know, that's what Washington. I'm saying. Change, yeah, so, a, change yeah. a community, change a town, change a right. city, change a state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you build out. Right. Take over a section. It's just like with rap music and anything else. If your neighborhood don't fuck with you, nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real shit. You know what I'm saying? That's a TK that's shit. That, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk about racial first impressions. Like, what do you see? And um, I guess we could start with the elephant in the room this time. <laughs> <laughs> this time. And it's not black people. You know what I'm saying? It's the white people. So, Joe. <laughs> so, despite the black, so yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the only yeah, way. You by yourself. But no, for real, like, what is outside of yourself? Because, like I said, I know how you yeah. feel, but maybe before you even transition to being more comfortable, mm-hmm. some white people and white yeah. counterparts that you know, what do do you know what white people see when they see black people? Uh, hair, mm. clothes, mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like my grandma used to say a lot, and and so I'm. You're not going to offend anybody. No, so no, please I, be 100. I, no, I know 100. Yeah. percent But I know that sometimes words can trigger people when they're listening, mm-hmm. and I I would just want to say like the, these words might trigger people. So yeah. I, I just wanted to put that out there gotcha. to be sensitive to any listeners. But my grandma Thank would you, say, yeah, of course, my grandma would <laughs> say a lot of time. <clears throat> Ramona is so well spoken. Yeah. Yeah. For a black woman. Buzzwords. Or she's so nice mm-hmm. for a black woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or whatever the case may be. It was yeah. always a, it was always a qualifier. Or you're not mm-hmm. that type of black person. Mm-hmm. Right. You're, you're different. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, well, I was really ones. surprised. I hate yeah. that shit. Right. Yeah. You're different. And so, you know, my grandma was of the the help generation. Yeah. You know, she was raised and my dad was raised with uh, you know, a maid and and someone, a black woman looking after the family. And yeah. that was the culture. And, mm-hmm. and that's not to excuse it, but that's to say that was the foundation of which they were raised in, that yeah. this is widely accepted. And, and so when I think about trying to educate people, including myself, number one thing that I heard recently, I actually like texted this to you after I watched it. Yeah. The, I watched the show Survivor, which I will say, this talking point was great until this last week, and there was a really terrible scandal that's all over national news. There's like a Me Too controversy, so that's not great. Oh but going back a couple weeks, <laughs> there's this guy, Jamal. He's on this tribe with this guy, Jack, and they wear these little like bandanas, right, to like distinguish what tribe they're on. And Jack and Jamal have a great relationship. And then Jack says, hey, Jamal, you going to pick up that pot of rice with your do-rag? <laughs> and Jamal just stops and yeah. says, what'd you say? He's like, I was just a joke, man. And they had a really good relationship. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 I'm, I didn't mean a racist offense. And he stepped away and he came back and he said, look, you wouldn't have said that to literally anybody else on the tribe. That's true. You didn't think to call it a do-rag until you saw a black man go to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And you're associating do-rags with black men. Yeah. That's racism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did not think I'm going to say something racist, yeah. but your subconscious bias enabled you to say something racist. Yeah. And they had a really good conversation about it. And 
Jack apologized to Jamal and Jamal said, I appreciate that. I'm not going to forgive right now yeah. because I it, I don't need to forgive you right now. Yeah. I need to take this in and, and you process, need to sit yeah. with it. And he needs to sit with it. Again. But let's yeah. play devil's advocate and be real. <laughs> if he would have said, hey, Carson, you're going to get your do-rag, it wouldn't have went well. But Jamal, <laughs> hey, Jamal, you're going to get your do-rag. <laughs> That's a good one. But see, for me, yeah. it depends on the relationship. Sure. If, if, if Spider said that to me, I would know we have a relationship. And I know he's cracking a joke. Right. But I'm going to damn sure get him with a cracker joke Hell later yeah. on in the right, evening. Right. You know what I'm saying? It also depends on your tolerance level it does. in the moment. Sure. It does. A lot of times you might interact with somebody that you're okay with, and, we deal and they with a might lot of outside crack jokes. Factors. But then you deal with some some other shit, or you deal with week. ten white people. Yeah, who didn't and then they hit it. you with that joke that normally wouldn't offend you, but because you're already hypersensitive to it, you're like motherfucker, yeah. you can get it, right? right, right. Yes, yeah, you're hypersensitive. Listening to everybody sit here, I'm like, we're gonna kill this shit next year. We're gonna oh. kill some shit next. Vision year. 2020. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I just cool. like some of the best conversations. I feel like now come from family mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying oh 100 and all of us are family to where literally we can sit down and have a conversation it's not like interviewing a new person where you're right. like trying to pull it out of mm-hmm. them right. you're like yo i know this person has great intentions you know the content you know what's what mm-hmm. and then hearing joe's voice like this nigga has a radio yeah, he, he, so cool. he is radio very poor that's why i just sit there and listen i'm like yeah i got you <laughs> he comes yeah. in with his notepad yeah like, no, he's ready yeah. the way he sits is like, his posture yeah, yeah. But that's the thing I liked about it because as professional as he is, mm-hmm. professionalism looks, getting back to the diversity part, professionalism looks like so many different things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. This is a professional podcast. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. We laugh, we joke, we fun, but we've been sponsored. We've mm-hmm. done live shows. Mm-hmm. We've sold content. We have a business. And we take it seriously. And we take mm-hmm. it right. seriously. Put the work in. The mm-hmm. professionalism is just different. Mm-hmm. We deliver it different. And, w- and we're real professionals, meaning when we talk about stuff, people are hearing real stories. Right. Mm-hmm. We are our, we are the thoughts of a lot of black people and a lot of men, mm-hmm. minus the race, right. their thoughts. Mm-hmm. A lot of women's thoughts. When women come on here, sometimes a black woman speaks for shit that a white woman can understand or a Mexican woman can understand. Mm-hmm. We say the things that you can't say at corporate, that you can't say to your parents, right. that you may not have said to your significant other. Mm-hmm. You can come here, use different names, use different dates and get your fucking point across right. mm-hmm. because it's a message and it's a story somewhere. And then somebody else, because obviously it's a podcast where people are listening to it. Other people, because I think nowadays, maybe not so much five years ago, yeah. but nowadays people listen to podcasts a lot. They do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when they hear something on a podcast, it's almost like, like people say, you know, I feel like I know y'all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. the kind of conversations. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the conversation. I'm responding. They, they do. I'm listening to the podcast and I'm talking oh, to they, the radio. That's what I was about to say. And that's, it's funny how it's funny. technology works, though, because I know a lot of times Artesia, she'll send me like an audio message. Mm-hmm. And if it's like a, over a minute, I'm listening and I'm like, but at the right, end of it, I'm trying talking. to say, I'm like, damn, this is an audio message. This ain't even, yeah, this, uh, this is a voiceover. Exactly. This ain't even. Exactly. So communi- you know, communication is, is has totally changed. Um, with you, I would say, Frank, to ask you about the what do you see when you see different races, predominantly with it being black and white in here and predominantly black and white in Texas. Right. What do you see when you see a white person or what do you think? Let me give you a scenario because our, our shit is different. It's different. If you're, when you go to work mm-hmm. and you leave work to go meet a client and it's a new client and it's a white person, mm-hmm. how, what are your thought processes when you're dealing with white people in corporate? You know, what I wonder, this, this, okay, my thought process. So what I wonder is, what does this person think about black people? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because how they see me or how they see black people yeah. is going to be, how it's going to come you. across mm-hmm. in, in our interaction. 
So I always wonder about that. I always wonder that about that for about you know a few minutes. But then I already know that within the first three or four minutes of our conversation, yeah. our interaction, that yeah. it's going to be about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I always wonder what the preconceived notions are about this individual. How much interaction do they have with black people? How much TV do they yeah. watch? Mm-hmm. Like I think about all the same stuff way. in like yeah. a 10 second, you know what yeah. I mean? But we have frame. to. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like we have to prep ourselves for a situation because every situation with white people is different. Mm-hmm. I literally can walk out of my building in the morning, be on the elevator where white, I can walk on the elevator and say, good morning, everybody on the elevator. Nobody will speak. Right. Then we'll get off and I'll be like, y'all have a good day. Right. Nobody will speak. Peace. Then, so you may have five <laughs> white people who ignored you this morning. Mm-hmm. Then you'll get in your car. You'll be in the right of way. White person may cut you off and then flip you off as if you've done something. Right. Mm-hmm. Then by the time you go to the gas station to pump mm-hmm. your gas, some a white person may walk in, open the door, let it close on you. You got to suck that up. Right. They may be a cut in line. Maybe they'll reach over you because a lot of them don't know place mm-hmm. and they don't know that no we don't like yeah, yeah. in personal space. So they just so by the time it gets to you at work, you're trying to figure out what white person am I running into now? Exactly. Right. And then you know how black people are. <laughs> let me show you how good God made our heart. When we get one good interaction with a white person, we let all that shit yeah, go. wash the rest of it away. We'll be like, yeah. all right, you know what? Yeah, Everybody ain't like that. We met a good. But they don't let us fucking oh, make no, it. And no. that's the part that I think we struggle with. And it's also crazy, like, when you work in an office, you know, with other black people, yeah. you might be deemed guilty by association because I'm a different black person than the girl that's sitting next to me. Right. Yeah. And if she's giving off a certain representation, if a white person is in the office and then I know that they're looking at it like, oh, okay, that's more so what I know to be about About black black people. people. But that has nothing to do with who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it makes it difficult. Because we wear the we wear the judgment from white people of every black person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why when we speak up about something, a white person be like, well, my friend said this. Well, that nigga don't speak for all black people. (laughs) Exactly. Charles Barkley don't speak for all black people. Steve Harvey don't speak for all black people. None of the black people, Oprah, none of them. Mm -mm. They don't speak for all black people and a lot of white people will tell you well Oprah said this nigga Oprah Man. grew up in Mississippi <laughs> I don't, I'm not Oprah and Oprah's a billionaire we ain't living exactly. the same we're not the same you know we're what I'm saying same. she's more white than she's black now than she's ever been ever. you know what I'm saying so that that's just the part do you fear do you ever fear or do do any of you ever fear a white person when you see him nah mm-hmm. I do I don't fear he's so crazy <laughs> have you have either of you honestly have you ever no, been in a situation real. where like, you feared a black person or been fearful uh, of it a lot of fear some black people, so I know y'all motherfuckers fear some black. There people. was one time. Um, I'm usually pretty good about. I just walk through life, and I don't know. I'm call it naive, yeah. naiveness. <laughs> like I'm probably gonna get like just knocked over one day, but I I kind of walk through life like ah, everything's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're good. Um, same way. Maybe that's my whiteness, but it is what it is. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> Ain't no wrong. But, right. but there was this one time where this guy. I was walking. I don't remember exactly where it was, but I know it was downtown of a city. I don't. Please don't. Please don't lose that story. I want to make a point. He said he just walks through life like you know whatever. Yeah. That's white privilege. You said you do the same thing. I do too. That's because she's financially stable. Right. Go ahead. (laughs) It makes a difference. Don't bullshit. (laughs) Go ahead. No, it's okay. So I was walking, and this guy, I'm sure he's perfectly nice. He popped out from around the corner and said, "Hey, you want a cup of coffee? I got a cup of coffee right here." (laughs) (laughs) And I just said, "Nah, I'm good, bro." And I like backed up, yeah. side side scooted, and then like turned my back. Like I didn't turn my back on him. I just was like, Thank you me. have a good one. He was like, you sure? It's cold outside. I'm like, I'm, I'm cool, man. Thanks. <laughs> His voice. <laughs> right. This guy was 6'8". Was he? Where was he Rip. at? Like, just came was, out of nowhere. He came out of an alley. Oh man! <laughs> Trying to I sell got, the story's getting bad. Yeah, very yeah, bad. I don't. I don't. Didn't know what was going on, but I uh, I power walked away mm-hmm. backwards. 
<laughs> I had I had one quick story. Okay. That's the and only time that I can remember. And so so it, it wasn't necessarily that I was afraid, but but what I did was I stepped into the shoes of white people when they see a bunch of black folks. So this is what happened. Mm-hmm. I pulled into a gas station. That's was, where you always fear yeah. niggas. Right. <laughs> no, hold on. But I pulled into a gas station and there was a bunch of bikers in there. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, and I looked and I was like, you know what? This is probably I, I tried to like mm-hmm. channel yeah. the 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 concern and fear of yeah. white people when they see black folks yeah. because these bikers look menacing and yeah. you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was and they like, about the only ones that'll fight you. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And I was just like, yo, this could this could really like go bad man, for you. This could be really go, go bad for me. So but I but at the same time, that was like the first time that I've ever been in a situation where I might have been even a little bit fearful around mm-hmm. white people. Because mm-hmm. I know these bikers, they they you know, they off the chain. Yeah. But but uh, I, d- I definitely could relate to how sometimes you might see a sea of black folks be like, yeah, yeah. let me go to the next one. The only time I've ever <laughs> felt like that was when I was working at my old job and it was like the shootings going on. Oh, yeah. Anytime it's like shootings and cops killing black people, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, I may not act like it, but something in me, it's not more, it's more of like being... It's survival. Yeah, it's like a survival yeah. thing to where even if a white person, like the neighborhoods I was in, when I would pull up to a light, if a white person was right there, I would pull like behind them. I wouldn't pull all the way up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, what if this motherfucker want to pop me? Right. Or yeah. sometimes Some when all them, shit. and then not being funny, white people like guns and snipers and shit. So mm-hmm. when I go to the white side of town, I ain't gonna lie, I be looking at the top of buildings. And when I walk in, I'm looking at, okay, he got a jacket on, whatever, whatever. But that's more so how we were raised, period, as mm-hmm. black people. Because your life is a target for them. Yeah. We don't yeah. target white people. A lot of white people mm-hmm. who hate black people they fucking target us mm-hmm. i'm watching a show right now on um C- uh, cbs mm-hmm. and it's evil you don't want to watch it right now oh, it's you don't with really luke like- cage yeah yeah so i'm watching that right now and it's it's a, a guy on there who's portraying a demon in human form mm-hmm. and he goes out and he's the last episode i watched he's recruiting white dudes mm-hmm. and i told artesia that this is the prime time to recruit white dudes mm-hmm. who feel like they're nothing and have no place in the world yeah especially the ones who are like smart and whatever like so basically what he was doing he was recruiting white guys he had created like a chat room and he would recruit the white guys and be like hey this seems like you like if you're getting turned down by women whatever whatever so he saw this guy get turned down by a a barista that this guy liked Mm -hmm. but he was like well you should since she embarrassed you which she didn't she just told him I don't want to date you when he asked her on a date in public well nigga you shouldn't ask in front of the line well she turned him down and dude was like well you should do something to shit on her so he's shitting in a bag took it up there acting like it was a gift left the shit on the thing Mm -hmm. she screamed that was his uh introduction to the life of what he was about to put him with so the devil had created a room of guys who were just like him and was like hey treated as therapy and was like i think i have a group that you can team up with teamed up with him Mm. got onto that fucking game and shit with those microphones Mm -hmm. Uh and it was like well he was telling this story about what the white girl had did to them they all had stories about the women who had shunned them and black people having jobs and the mexicans over Mm -hmm. here and they were like well we should do something about it yep and they was like what do you mean and all it took was one to say that and because all of them were nothing and nobody sitting up in their house at their mama house doing whatever they band together Mm -hmm. to whatever and they just started doing shit Mm -hmm. that's how terrorism that's how starts. that shit starts mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly how that shit starts. and that reminds me of um just the way you're telling the story because i think that that is reflective of what happens in society yes and and i think even as we talk about and connecting reality with with the media and movies what you're describing is kind of what happened in higher learning with rammy exactly when, when people are outcasted or they feel like they're not accepted yeah and then they find another group of people who mm-hmm. say hey you know we feel kind of the but same catch way this drift, though. but catch this drift yeah that's how i learned it before technology mm-hmm. now they have technology so right. it's easier and quicker mm-hmm. the fucked up part about it is 
the government sees all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, they yeah. do nothing about nothing it. Nothing about it. That's why when I say nothing is going to change, they're monitoring everything. Everybody's cell phone's mm-hmm. been tripping. People mm-hmm. getting texts late. This shit's yeah, been going on know. for a year. I told Artizi because her uh, father used to be an engineer for Sprint Towers, and he would put all of this shit up. And he was doing that over the last five to ten years. And I said, they're working on something. Mm-hmm. When they're putting all of this shit over, it used to only be like three satellites across the country. Shh. Now you got one, multiple ones over states, mm-hmm. over cities. They control all of that. Yeah. So you are letting these school Patriot shootings happen act, when you see all of this shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because every to get the point across and to get the message that the government wants, there's going to be casualties of war. Mm-hmm. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. They'll let that happen. They'll see that thing happen. Let it happen. Create a small tax force to make it like they tackling it mm-hmm. to keep you blind again. It never goes away. Nope. Never goes away, man. So with the whole diversity thing, we're going to move on from that. But I did want to talk about traditions. Uh, another reason to have multiple people in here. You're a family man. You're a family man. Mm-hmm. She's been married. I haven't. I think me and uh, Spider are the only ones still out here. Solo, dolo. <laughs> dolo, dolo. <laughs> no kids, no nothing. But how do you create traditions and maintain them? And the reason I wanted to talk about it is I grew up in a family that was religious that we didn't really celebrate Christmas because of like idol gods and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Christmas, Santa Claus, whatever. So we didn't celebrate it. So now, you wait, know. Wait, wait, wait. Jehovah's Witnesses? No. We, like, we, That's what we, it sounds like to me. Yeah. Yeah. We celebrated Christmas, uh-huh. but we didn't celebrate it with like the tree. Like I've never had a Christmas tree in my gotcha. house. First wow. time I even dated somebody that had a Christmas tree was her. Mm. Like as far as setting it up and shit. Right, yeah. That was with Artesia. And when Artesia, like when we first started dating, she would try to figure out like how do we do things to create a tradition. Right. Yeah. Our own thing. Me, my mom, and my brother literally on major holidays would be sitting at our own individual houses. Mm-hmm. And no and I would tell her, I'd be like, I wanna put us together, but and see, I came we've been from broken apart a for so small long. Family too. Like yeah. my family was pretty much the same size as yours. But we all we always had certain traditions that we would do. That's why even when we got together, it was important. Like the day after Thanksgiving, we put up our Christmas tree. Like yeah. that's a whole family night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would try to incorporate him, and he was like, "I ain't got time for this." Like it was, <laughs> he wasn't trying to participate, <laughs> and I'm like, "This is important." Right. Um, I think traditions are important, especially for me because it's a way that I feel connected to my ancestors that are no longer here. Right. Um, and then also, it's important to create new ones. Like yes. don't just get caught up in the past yeah. ones, right. which is what I've been doing like for the past few years is focusing on, okay, this is what my family unit looks like now. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to create new traditions Something going brand forward? New, exactly. mm-hmm. So what is one of your favorite traditions, Joe? So for me, probably it's a Christmas tradition. So I come from a super small family, but Amanda's got a huge family on both of her parents' side. Yeah. And so we used to, when we were dating, we tried to hit up every single, <laughs> every single thing. And in fact, when we had, and we did that because we had no kids. And then first year that we had my daughter, um, her mom's side has like two different, like a Christmas Eve and a Christmas day get together. And then like her dad's side has only does like Christmas Eve brunch. Yeah. And that's the big thing. <laughs> and so we were hitting like brunch dinner, lunch, like back, back, back. And then with the kid and trying to get her to nap, I, I, I got home and I said, this is it. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> They've got to go. I saw the same people yeah. two times. Yep. I don't yeah. fucking care if I don't see old cousin Carl over here. I don't talk to him about anything other than Star Wars and I'm tapped out. Yeah. And she's like, all right. That's that white ring. So tap, tapped no. out. No and more Star Wars. That shit went up another notch. And so we, we decided from that oh, moment man. on in 2016, it actually worked out because the people that were hosting uh, the Christmas brunch said, we don't want to do it anymore. And we had just gotten our house. So we said, we'll host it. So we cut down every other Christmas tradition. We go all in on Christmas Eve brunch. Yeah. 
we have you know the full spread and the other people that were doing it were making all the food and we said fuck that it's potluck bring yeah. your own dishes yeah, bring your own shit <laughs> we'll provide the booze <laughs> that's, we do, that's yeah. about it and then and so we get together and it's a chance to like because there's it's not at like this super nice house where someone cooks everything everybody just feels relaxed yeah. and comfortable mm-hmm. and i don't know there's a lot of people on all different political sides um because it's a big white family in texas yeah. but <laughs> but i i feel like that's the one time of the year where even though we have differences we're we're connecting on a personal level yeah mm-hmm. and i really genuinely like everybody yeah. and now like a lot of the cousins have had kids and so the kids all get together upstairs in our kids rooms and play and so for me that's my favorite tradition yeah is getting to see everybody and bonding and then i i like i love playing host and like bringing people together yeah that's my favorite tradition that we created out of like a couple of necessities and because i didn't want to talk star wars to carl in a corner <laughs> it'd be tough man because <laughs> for me it's like we don't really have a tradition so i was telling our teaser like i started to try to do something this year where it's like once a month mm-hmm. on a sunday my family gets together we have dinner mm-hmm. the fucked up part about it is if i don't do it it doesn't happen mm-hmm. so then of course with everything else you get tired mm-hmm. like yeah. with the podcast stuff we do all of this shit and it's like we leading this we doing this we helping people so at some point you want to be like I just want to be able to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Most people are wondering why we haven't done a lot of live shows because we get tired of planning and executing mm-hmm. as opposed to having a team that can actually plan, a lot. get it done mm-hmm. and then do it. We have to plan it, execute it, create content, find a video guy. Do, like we have to do so much to where now we're like, yo, can somebody just invite us to the yeah, live show. Just come through. But then you got to deal with people who are comfortable and confident in the tasks that they put out because if they feel like you are put out, they light or outshine them. That will not bring you in. Right. But with 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 far as tradition, man, it's just difficult, bro. It's difficult to create something that you never had. Mm. Going back to like the whole father thing, you I was let Frank talk about his tradition. Yeah, well, well it's Frank's. I, I mean, <laughs> like I was getting ready to wrap it up, but go ahead, Frank. Well, I don't I really have have a bigger point. But. I don't. I don't have a my my family is is really scattered. Um, so I don't have a lot of family here, but I do have a core group. I got my brothers and sisters here, and and uh, mom is here. Well their mom you know my dad had a um he married so that we don't have the same mother but yeah. we have the same father so they're here but they're still you know frisco over here and yeah. over here but what i've noticed because i'm not a i i okay so first of all let me just say <laughs> i grew up christmas eve you know we had traditions you know opening presents i only had one one present we can open and then christmas day family come through we do all that thanksgiving we did all that but as I grew older and started thinking about these holidays and stuff like that, yeah. I totally disconnected from all of that. Yeah. But at the same time, if that's the time that my family gets together, I'm a family guy. Yeah. So if that's the, t- the time my family gets together, especially my brothers and sisters, I mean, they're the reason why I moved out here. My, my pops passed away years yeah. ago. So when they get together, how's it look if big bro don't come don't through? Come through yeah. so, so one thing that we definitely do is um, Thanksgiving, everybody goes to the big house yeah. and we kind of mm-hmm. do our thing. For my family, what we started doing was celebrating Kwanzaa like the last three years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Christmas, like my son's birthday is December thirty first, and so we're like, well, you know, I mean, Christmas is Christmas, but you know, my my wife has a tree for everybody in the damn house. Like my kids <laughs> got a tree in their room. You know, we got the big tree over here, and I was just like, oh, I don't do that. But what am I gonna do? Yeah, you know. Right. So uh, so we just do the Kwanzaa thing. Like that's when I, you know, my energy goes up yeah. is during Kwanzaa, like the seven days of Kwanzaa. You know what I mean? But you rather have that yeah. than not, man. Because exactly. From I, I tell our teaser all the time for somebody like myself, no kids, no girlfriend. I'm not even dating now. Like I told her, I was like, you do get lonely. No matter yeah, how many girls I, I could call up, mm-hmm, right. how many how many girls I can smash, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I told her I was like, on days where I come home and I'm like, I'm beat. 
I'm tired. Right. It's like who's taking care of me? Who's looking out for me? Is it a some food in the on the right, table? Yeah, yeah. Is somebody yeah, picking somebody something up? Something and that's why I say I think it's something? important because, like I told her, like some days she'll have a rough day, and I'm like, "You got your kids. Mm-hmm. You got your kids to make you feel like superwoman when you come in. Right. When I feel like shit, I just feel like shit, and I come home. I'll smoke. I'll watch TV. I'll work on something or create something right. because the creative content side, yeah. makes me happy. Exactly. Right. So exactly. for me, that's what I that. feed into. That's why I'm always like. This is my baby. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So for me, for people like that, for you, for you, that's why I'm like, I tell people all the time, take it in. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you'll have a lot of people like, oh, I wish I wasn't married. Well, if you wish you wasn't nah. married, you probably married the wrong person. <laughs> but you definitely <laughs> wish you had a significant other, at yeah. least because sure. as you get older and you're by yourself, you could do all of this shit. And a lot of it is my fault, but it's also one of them things where I just don't believe in settling. Mm-hmm. I don't even like the term settle down. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to choose somebody who chose me and let's live the fuck up. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And that's why I say marriage when it comes to looking at the family structure. It's been hard for me to look at that. But in order to have traditions, you can't create them shits by yourself. Yeah. No, nah, no question. But I mean, but they are definitely it's a lot of fun, though, you know, because especially when you're doing something, creating a new tradition that, that you didn't necessarily grow up with. I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't do Kwanzaa, um, but for my kids and just learning the history of it. And like there's I guess for me, it became OK. Even if we're going to celebrate Christmas, like my kids are going to understand the real purpose behind the, the definition and yeah. all that. We're going to go we're going to go feed the homeless because yeah. it's about giving and not receiving. Yeah. It ain't about you going to open up a, a bunch of damn Pre- presents, presents. Mm-hmm. which is what I did growing up. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There was no real connection to it other than it's Christmas. I'm getting gifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted it to be something a little bit more meaning. And of course, with with the days of Kwanzaa, with the definitions and there's a there's a discussion around and the acts of love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All of that. And, and, and it's really an educational part about it that makes them better people makes yeah. them more aware and goes into the world and that's that's kind of why I loved it. That's a great mm-hmm. story too because Artesia like she's realized that a couple years ago where she would always do things for her kids and as they got older they started expecting it yeah. mm-hmm. and I remember she hit me up and she was like I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> so no. she started doing things to change that. Yeah I yeah. started out like that because I'm an only child so of course I had a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now my mom she taught like we would go and feed the homeless and all of that too but I was just used to seeing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I had kids. <laughs> See our voice yeah, a lot of stuff. So when I had kids I was like well I'm not going to have no measly looking right. like tree or presentation yeah, for them but then yeah they got older and it's like oh so not in a like I don't know entitled kind of way but I started hearing them like oh we can do this and we and oh I'm it's like, entitled it's okay mm, to say yeah, that that's okay. a privilege to feel <laughs> entitled so, so I always told her that because she would always try to downplay her successes mm-hmm. or her comfortability in life and I'm like People would kill to be comfortable. Right. You're not arrogant and they know you, so they know you're not arrogant. It's okay to be comfortable. And yeah, but be able the to listeners say, don't know. Well, if that, you know what? <laughs> Who gives a shit? They'll know you if they keep listening. Right. So, keep listening. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, ain't nothing wrong oh, with yeah. that. That's, yeah. that's the moral behind that story. I uh, had a point I was going to make, but I forgot when I was listening because I like hearing people tell stories. You know, I something that was really, that Frank was talking about that really made me think um, beyond just like holiday tradition, something that my that my wife and I worked on this summer well, I guess it was really since like September so kind of fall was it, it, we every Sunday is really family day for us yeah so in the morning we all go out we go to a different trail around the Metroplex and go hiking so we all go hiking you know not, not strenuous but we just get to walk in nature and mm-hmm. breathe in the outdoors yeah. and talk about what we see get away from like 
the indoors and screens and stuff. And then every evening we have family movie night. So we'll eat like dinner kind of like on the couch or on the floor. We'll pop popcorn. We'll yeah. watch something. We rotate who gets to pick, but really the kids get to pick. We just, <laughs> you know, right. everybody yeah. gets to pick quote unquote. And that's our way of like really enforcing the family bond because you know, last year was very difficult for us as a family. Yeah. And so we really wanted to reinforce that. Mm-hmm this year and yeah. and it's been it's been good the kids look forward to it nice. and it's also something to be like if they're having a fit we're like all right do you still want to have family movie night tomorrow because it's it's your choice oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'll yeah. stop my, yeah. my bad my bad mm-hmm. yeah i think you always trying to figure out what your kids are and where they're growing into like right Artesia, you want to tell a story about like what you normally do for your kid's birthday oh. specifically tyreek oh gosh yeah so normally the tradition has been the cupcakes to the class mm-hmm. and then we do our family outing and then we will do something else. But he was nervous about her. Well, she was nervous about him not wanting well, her to continue to do the things. Well, that she no, did as a because kid. with him going into middle school, like <laughs> I just felt like, okay, it's out now. Yeah. And so I didn't even think about it. But then a couple of weeks before his birthday, he was like, wait, so you're not bringing cupcakes to the class. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I thought that And he was like, no, I want you to bring the cupcakes to the class. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just drop off at the office. He was like, no, I want you to come, come to my to class <laughs> and bring the cupcakes. So, I mean, here he is. He cool. just tur- he just turned 13 and yeah. he's not ashamed of his mom, That's which is right. great. That's, That's great. great. And he's taller than her. Yeah. So is. she was just By expecting one like, inch. Yeah. She was like, he's getting cool. He's turning into yeah. his own person. He ain't going to want me showing up no more. Mm-hmm. And like I Wrong. told her, I was like, prepare yourself for it, but keep doing it until he says not. Right. You know what I'm Check saying? Check in with him. Because yeah. a lot of times, too, what people don't understand, especially as men, as we grow up and even when we're younger, we still want to be you know cater to yeah. that's why a lot of times motherfuckers be mama's boys mm-hmm. not being funny sometimes the way your mama treats you another woman never treats you that good never. so that's the best never. fucking thing you got mm-hmm. you don't want to screw your mama <laughs> yeah, but it's like that. god damn that's the only thing i got because right? don't no woman do me or treat me or go for me or do so you'd be like that, that could work yeah. against you it could work against you definitely because <laughs> some niggas cling on too hard then they right. don't know how to let go for a woman mm-hmm. so very true i don't have kids to worry about that but yeah, I am good. working on traditions. I want to yeah. get a tree, man. Every time I think about getting a tree, I'm like, do I want a real tree or do I want a fake tree? We're going to get you a tree. I want a fake tree. <laughs> get a, me too. Get a fake one. Yeah, get a I tree a bag, though. We bought this like big tree bag <laughs> yeah. on, on sale, and it's the best thing. You take it, the pieces apart, you throw it in there, you yeah. zip it up. Mm-hmm. That's I'm going to be honest with you. People can say whatever they want. White people do the small things right. We'll go get a fucking tree and won't get a bag. We're just like, fuck it. I'll make my Christmas tree out of construction paper. And you still on that? That's that cubicle shit. Yeah, but, no, no, exactly. but it's true about that because like he like he said, they'll get a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. they'll get a bag. Yeah. Niggas just get a Christmas tree. <laughs> Fuck it. Throw that bitch up in the attic. Exactly. I, remember she first I don't had have her the box. bag. I have the, you have the tree container. Your, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I know but the bag sounds right. good. It does. It's great. Yeah, yeah, but they get little right. shit like that. Mm-hmm. They'll buy cereal and get the containers and pour the cereal in there and you forever have somewhere. We'll just get boxes and get you know, it's like you no. start tearing up. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't never know that. You start fucking around with white people, you be like, "Oh, it's right. something for yeah. that. It's something for everything." And white people know about all the knickknacks, yeah. <laughs> literally <laughs> paddywhack. Right. So we got uh, who else coming? How many shows you got today? Uh, I've got someone at four. We getting up out of here. So yes, Minicon, thank mm-hmm. you for coming out. Oh, no problem. Glad I was trying to catch it because I had to catch the time because, you know, I'm on this computer, so it's an hour ahead. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, thanks for coming out. Always. Spider, thanks for the ones and twos. Gotcha. Artesia, thanks for being 
here and doing whatever it is that you do. Keep a shit going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was just going to say, I haven't announced this anywhere yet, but I'm super excited about it. Artesia knows about it. So after the Encore Volume 2, we're already gearing up for it. I've the, seen that. The theme is This is the Voice. Yeah. It's all contestants that have been on The Voice in different seasons. So I'll give a little tease. The first guy that's already committed recording next week, Michael Lee. He's a blues guitarist and singer. Yeah. And he was so good on The Voice that he's now front fronting the BB King blues band Whoa. when they tour nationally. That's so, what's up. That's so, yeah, that's he's local. Say, man. Yeah. Fourth, yeah. That's, that's why I've been saying, like, we got to bring people in. Yeah. That's something that Artesia and him have been working on. Mm-hmm. So that was the stuff that when you sent that list of people, that's what that was? Yep. Okay, yeah. I saw y'all working on yep. it, but I just didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But that's why I say I'd be excited about bringing other people on that are with us, you mm-hmm. know, not under us, but with us. Right that are doing their own shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I know Artesia loves it because she always likes people who make her work because they're working. Mm-hmm. It's different if you're making her work and you just yeah, ain't right. doing it. Exactly. <laughs> but, so, but thanks for uh, everybody for coming out, man. Thanks for this episode. Thanks to the listeners. This is it, man. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to just dump. January. Until January. I don't know if we just, I, I'm not doing no bonuses no, or nothing. I'm literally going to, no I'm literally going to try to do a hard break. So we're going to have one episode next week and one after that. Yeah. And then the whole month of December, if y'all somebody have a podcast and they want me yeah, on just it, come through. Y'all could tell us yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, and I'll definitely. come through. I don't mind pulling up. Yeah. I'm done yeah, creating yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. Pull up. <laughs> Pull up. So. It's in your blood, man. Come on. I know, man. But I understand what you mean. Yeah. I, tr- I truly do. Yep. What kind of music we got, Spider? I don't know. We didn't queue up nothing. You got no. Any? We didn't. But <laughs> this song popped into my head for it's some DJ, reason. DJ, man. What to show it. us what it is? Do I know what this mm-hmm. is? It sounds like some Frank shit. <laughs> Spider's got a great ear. Mm-hmm. Who is this? You'll see. I really feel like we are the best podcast in RNG podcast. Best in the world. Best. We are. Y'all are all right. Oh, it's Beyonce. That's why. That's <laughs> Spider on Beyonce? Yeah. Yeah, on it. Hey, I'm a DJ, dog. What? I play all kinds of stuff. Add a little spin to that, and then we're going to get out of here. Oh, <laughs> come to me, Beyonce! <laughs> Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.